It's Friday here on the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and that means I'm here at Mike's Beer Bar. We're going to be breaking down Steelers-Jaguars in this huge matchup in the AFC between a 5-2 and two and 4-2 and two team uh, in this big, big game. But before we do that, we also got to talk about the trade deadline. It's coming up on Tuesday really quick, and we have to talk with Brian Batko about who the Steelers might target, if anybody. Omar Khan can make another big shakeup right before the deadline like he did last year. All that and more here on the North Shore Drive podcast on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Brian Back coming at you. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko, one of our esteemed Steelers beat writers, here talking to you on a Friday. I'm here at Mike's Beer Bar, our presenting sponsor and always the best bar in Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, you're sure to get a lot of things. One, you're going to get sports with over 20 televisions they have. Two, you're going to get amazing food with their steak on a stone and all the different entrees they offer where you can literally get your choice, cut a steak Cut it right in front of you, put it, play, press it to a stone, and choose with each bite how well you want the steak done. And, of course, the best part, 500 different available beers at all times. 300 of those beers being local, 80 of those local beers being available on tap. More on Mike's Beer Bar later. Brian, we got you here. We're going to preview Steelers-Jaguars. That is and big very- celebrities are parking right in front of me. Like, I Oh, my if, gosh. If people who are watching saw me, like, mouthing things while on mute. First, Richie Walsh, our, our buddy from KDKA Park. Absolutely. And then uh, our pal, RJ Sepich from Pitt Media Relations. Also <laughs> parking. He, right and there. RJ actually tried to talk to me, and I had to be like, I'm sorry, RJ. I'm on a podcast <laughs> with Chris Carter right now. What do you want me to do? So, hey, uh, hey, RJ, hey. if you see this, I apologize for just completely blowing you off. Listen, when, when I'm on the show with you, Brian, you have to blow everyone off. You understand me? That's what, that's, that's, that's yeah, how, especially that's how RJ, it EJ, and, and all the other nice folks from Pitt <laughs> that you deal with and bother on a daily basis. Absolutely. I'll be with them with the Pat Nardi, on a Pat Narduzzi press conference in shortly here. But a reminder, as we do on Fridays, we have our Friday flights and we talk about all the different beers that are here available. And so I'm going to special focus on some beers here real quick. What first beer here is, a, is from Riverside Brewing. It's called Blame It on the Boogie. It's an 8.1% pumpkin beer. It is perfect for the fall. And it's not too sweet like some pumpkin beers. It's not too, it's a, there's not, there's not like a whole lot of like pumpkin liquor or anything into it. It's just a nice malty pumpkin beer with a hint of sweet pumpkins and yams at the end of it. It's a great beer. And again, all those beers that you're going to hear today on the show, you could have them at Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. But Brian, let's talk about before we get to the Jaguars game. Let's talk about the trade deadline because that's okay. coming up on tu- on Tuesday. On Halloween. There's, on Halloween, crazy enough. And last year, the Steelers were moving some shakers a little bit. They went and traded away Chase Claypool. They got a second-round pick for it that turned out to be Joey Porter Jr. Um, they brought in, uh, what was his name, William Jackson III, who then yes. never played a down. Um, could you see the Steelers be movers and shakers again here, whether they're trading away players for picks or trading – away picks to bring in players or trading players to get players i could see it just because omar khan's been a very active gm since he took this job right and you right. know it was certainly toward the end of kevin colbert's tenure he also was making more moves than we became accustomed to but if you go back to you know 2018 and in, in the years prior before the minka fitzpatrick trade we always kind of said the Steelers don't do much as far as trades go they're right. they're one of the more conservative franchises old think old school build through the draft develop your guys rather than try to go out and acquire new ones 
And yet, you know, I think that's a there's a two pronged reason for why that's changed. Number one, the roster just hasn't been as good. You know, when you don't have as much uh, elite homegrown talent like they did from, let's say, the, the early 2000s up to 2018, you don't need to make as as many of those moves um, right. when you're loaded at a lot of positions. But also, I just think it's been a growing trend around the NFL as well. I mean, you know it, Chris, we're around the same age when we were yeah. growing up trade deadline day in the nfl was like meh there's nothing i mean nothing yeah. ever really happened it, it paled in comparison to nba mlb nhl trade deadline and it's still a distant fourth i think among the pro leagues but right. you're seeing more and more teams get bold make big moves to try to push their chips in the middle and chase you know that super bowl try to, to try to win one in their window so I, that's a long-winded way of saying it wouldn't surprise me if Omar Khan had something up his sleeve. Uh, like you said, he did last year at the deadline, even if one of those moves turned out to be literally meaningless. William Jackson, yeah. like you said, didn't ever appear in a game with the Steelers, so quite literally a nothing trade. But, you know, even cut down day last year, he made a couple moves. So uh, he's he's not one to sit on his hands, but at the same time in this particular situation with the roster in 2023 and you know the draft capital in the ensuing years coming up for the Steelers I wouldn't predict or bet on them making any big moves I'm I'm with you on that Uh, there's some people out there that feel like Patrick Sertan could be out there for some reason Vegas has the Steelers as the top odds team to get DeAndre Hopkins that would be crazy is it Vegas or is it those betting sites that like you know, yeah, they put odds on player movement and stuff. And then there's always another section where it's like, oh, who's going to be Taylor Swift's next boyfriend? And like at the bottom, it's Bill Belichick plus 1,000. So like, I mean, I hesitate to put too much stock into those sites, Chris. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right with you there. But I do think there's some interesting opportunities out there that could work for the Steelers because I'm not thinking about super superstar players. I'm thinking of maybe positions that, that that they could use at least another veteran shot there to see if they can get another look there, particularly at cornerback and safety to see if they can get, get some help there. And there are some players out there I think could be worth at least checking to see what it would cost to get them. Uh, What's William Jackson up to? What, what is William Jackson up to? But you just a said maybe a veteran to provide depth at corner, so he fits <laughs> well, that's, the bill. That that's what I'm looking at here. Is that that's what I think that's what they were trying to do last year, right? Yeah, they were it trying is. To it see, is. Hey, the, cor- the cornerback play was not good at this time last year either. So Omar Khan went out and tried to help. Exactly. And one guy I think that could legitimately be on the list is Jalen Jones, the cornerback for the Bears. He's Jaylen on the, the last. Jalen Johnson, thank you. Um, but he he is uh, he's on the last year of his rookie deal. He's been decent, but not great. They're probably not going to hang on to him. They got a lot of rebuilding to do there. Jalen Johnson, he's going to be an, an, another guy that they could they could look at and maybe flip for not too high of a of, of a pick because the Bears are, are like, hey, we just want to get something for this guy before he just disappears into free agency and then we don't we don't end up paying for him. I also think they could look at uh, safety as another position to get to get some more help and maybe a guy who can help more in coverage uh, with covering the slot, maybe a guy who can, you know, be a little more physical in the box. Um, you know, two guys that I've looked at there, Julian Blackman of the Colts. He's another guy that's on the last year of his rookie deal and he's decent, but will the Colts pay him? Uh, I think the Colts might end up being sellers right now, considering their, their quarterback that they draft in the first round is out for the season. Um, I also look at the Panthers. Uh, they have invested in safeties like Xavier Woods and Von Bell, uh, both veteran guys around 28, 29 years old who have been good in the NFL 
and both on on veteran contracts that I think the Panthers at 0-6 really don't care to pay right now. Jeremy Chin's prob- another one. He's kind of a it, hybrid safety exactly. linebacker type for them who has fallen out of favor for some reason with the new coaching staff. I remember just two or three years ago, I guess, as a rookie, he was he was in the conversation for defensive rookie of the year, and something weird has gone on with, with Jeremy Chin. That's those are the types of players that you should that Steelers fans should actually like consider as those are the, the, uh, are the guys, not Patrick Sertan, not DeAndre Hopkins, Derek Henry. Adams. <laughs> They're exactly like, like get those big names out of your mind, but role players who could be just on the outs with, with teams that aren't good right now and are just looking to pick up draft capital so that they can start their rebuild a little bit sooner. I think those are styles of players. Were there any of those names that I said that you think could actually be a good fit for the Steelers or do you think this is still all kind of just like yeah there's gonna these are kick the tire type of guys sure Chris but more than the the specific names I'm intrigued by what the process would look like for the Steelers mm. to make one of these deals or require one of these guys and, and you're right I mean with, with how much the Steelers have kind of not depleted but they haven't really accrued draft capital in, in the ensuing seasons right they've been kind of behind the eight ball for the last few years as they tried to make moves to bolster the roster at the end of the Ben Roethlisberger era, you know, whether that was trading up in drafts or trading mid to late round picks for an Akella Witherspoon type of guy, Malik Reed uh, last year at cut down day. So it's not like they've got a ton of, let's just call it disposable income with right. their draft capital. So what a move that struck me over the weekend, well, actually it was Monday while I was flying back from LA with the, with the Eagles did. And, you know, this is where we, Obligatory mention that Andy Weidel, Steelers assistant GM, came from Philadelphia, where he worked under Howie Roseman and ostensibly came up with a lot of the same sort of, uh, you know, philosophies on on how to manage a roster and, and manage all that in football. What they did trading Terrell Edmonds to the Titans for Kevin Byard, Ridiculous. that was a that was a player where they had a uh, I'll call Terrell Edmonds a starter caliber player in the NFL. I mean, maybe bottom tier, but I think he's, you know, he, he has started a lot of games. That's inarguable. Right. And he was starting for them. He was playing every snap. So they took a guy who they thought was good enough, but they wanted to upgrade. And that to me would be the kind of move that the Steelers could make with a, let's say a Levi Wallace or a Keanu Neal. Could you flip a player and lower round picks for a better player? at a position where you feel like you're just not good enough. Because I think the the hard thing about their roster and all the veterans that they've gotten, the experience, you know, you're probably not just going to sit a Levi Wallace for the rest of the season. Um, you know, you're probably not going to completely change the way your your secondary is structured. Right. But if, if you can find another team to say, hey, this is a guy with an NFL track record and we'll sweeten the pot for you a little bit with a pick so that we can get somebody uh, who we think is a little bit younger, a little bit, able more able to help us right now maybe that's the kind of trade that you can pull off rather than just uh adding to position groups where you already do have a decent amount of bodies with nfl experience and resumes absolutely we're going to talk more about the steelers specifically and players on the team right now but keep an eye out for any trade deadline updates as the trade deadline is tuesday just two days after the steelers game against the jaguars we're going to talk about that game in a little bit as well as answer some of your questions here on the north shore drive podcast but also remember on Fridays, we're talking about the Friday flight the friday flight that you need to come down and try when you're at mike's beer bar the best bar in all of pittsburgh and 
when you come here, try the two-phrase double yinsling. It's an alt beer. It's an 8.1 percenter. It's actually, when you try that right after the Blame It on the Book, the pumpkin beer, it's a perfect mix of that sweetness from the pumpkin and then the malt and, and the bitter from the alt beer. Get, come come down to Mike's Beer Bar. You can try all the beers here. Again, they have over 500 beers, 300 of those being local, and 80 of those local beers being available on tap at all times. And they're switching them out literally every week. I got When I got here, they were creating whole new menus because they had new beers that they needed to put on the list for everyone to check out. And again, they have over 20 televisions, whether you want to watch an NFL game, college football, college basketball, because that's starting up soon, NBA, NHL, Premier League. All that action can be watched here. You can even reserve televisions for your favorite games while you enjoy your favorite beers and enjoy amazing meal options all here at Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh, right across the street from PNC Park on Federal Street. And when you get here, tell them Chris sent you. We're also brought to you by the Great Yinzer Tailgate, which is bringing the best of, Bur- of, the, of the Berg to South Point on November 4th, showcasing Pittsburgh's rich culture, iconic sports history, and vibrant community spirit. The Great Yinzer Tailgate will, admit, will immerse you in the unique blend of traditions that make Pittsburgh legendary, visit www.thegreatusertailgate for details. See Yins there. Hello and welcome back to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko, one of our Steam Steelers beat writers here at the Post-Gazette. We switched to the Acrisure Fan Advantage, where all season long, we are bringing you closer to the team than ever before here at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Acrisure Fan Advantage guarantees that we answer a question every single week that you you guys submit to the Fan Advantage so you get get it here on the show and get Brian's answers. We also have an exclusive show with an opponent expert each, each week. We have some ESPN talent coming on on Saturday, so stay tuned for that as we break down more views on the Jaguars. But this question comes from Gary R who starts his question with with a quote from George Pickens saying quote a game like this showed me they're kind of looking for me of course talking about his personal foul penalty uh in in, in the game against the Rams he said I try to mess up and guys are antagonizing me more but because today is the first day I've seen anything like that guys really just try try to get me out of my game and get under my skin deliberately all I can really say is just keep fighting hard Gary R goes on to say, of course they are, meaning the other team. And he said, and it worked. Isn't it a little naive for Pickens to offer this up as an excuse for his behavior? Gary's question here tops into, of course, the personal foul penalty. Uh, George Pickens got, he was barking back at Rams players, got in one of their faces after a really big catch and uh, was kind of loud and and drew a taunting penalty, uh, much like Deontay Johnson did. And both of them tacked for penalties. Mike Tomlin even said that he should have addressed the tenor of the officials to his team to let them know what was being on, on watch for here. But Brian, was this an excuse from George Pickens? Did you feel like, cause I remember him saying that and bringing it up and I, and I just kind of felt like, it's like, yeah, like they're going to jaw at you. Like the corn, that's what corners do. They try to get, get in your head there. Um, I felt like it was just a normal, uh, a, a normal sort of thing. It's just a young guy who's very passionate. Who's who does want to bark back getting a little bit loud. It's just at the wrong time. I mean, on one hand, I'm I'm glad that he recognizes that. You you hope that he's going to compartmentalize and keep that in mind in future weeks, starting uh, this Sunday against the Jaguars. If, if they see that on film and think, hey, we can get under this guy's skin, we can get in his head. I mean, that, that's a real thing in, in competitive sports, right? I mean, that's not groundbreaking news here. I mean, the whole point of, of trash talk and, you know, some of the legends of it, like Steve Smith and 
Joey Porter Sr., whose kid that we talk about every week on this show, is on the Steelers. I mean, they do it not just because they want to. It's it's a it's a gamesmanship aspect to that as Absolutely. well. And obviously other teams, I think, by this point, understand that Pickens is a very emotional player. And Najee Harris even alluded to this Wednesday that you got to find that balance between playing with passion but also still playing smart, right? And I think for Pickens right. now – going on a, almost a year and a half for him in the NFL. He's in to me, in my opinion, he struggles to toe that line between playing uh, hard and intense with playing recklessly. And I, I think it's a, it's a pattern that we've seen develop a little bit. That's worrisome And yes, you know, I think part of this conversation too, it, it was a vague reputation of his coming out of Georgia in college. There are specific instances we can point to uh, some hand fighting with a Georgia Tech DB. That's probably mm. an understatement uh, in that game mm. between the Bulldogs and the Yellow Jackets. There was the the other one where he sprayed a guy with a water bottle from the sideline. <laughs> and I mean, at the time, I think it was easy to brush all that off as he's young. You know, he's being a goofball. Their team's really good. They're, they're not in danger of losing these games. Um, he'll grow up eventually. That may be true. Um, he's still only 22. But I'd like to see that happen sooner than later before he gets a penalty that actually alters the outcome of a game. And, you know, look, I don't care if the Steelers win or lose, but it's not easy to go in there to the locker room afterward and ask a guy like that, hey, your taunting penalty or your unsportsmanlike conduct or your unnecessary roughness, what do you have to say for that? What accountability do you have to take um, for that changing the game? And nobody wants to. He doesn't want to deal with that either, right? So let's just hope it doesn't get to that point. I thought it was interesting, too, because uh, when Najee Harris was talking about that, I brought this up to him, and he said, I, yeah, I've been doing this. But, like, at the end of the game, after right, right after Kenny Pickett's controversial sneak that everyone was talking about, there was a, a little bit of a, of a back and forth, a little bit of pushing and shoving from Chooks for and one of the Rams' defensive linemen. And uh, they were kind of going back and forth. And I don't know if you watched, like, the All-22. I didn't see it live during the broadcast, but it, you can see on the All-22, Najee Harris comes up to Chooks for gets in between him and that defensive lineman and then like Chooks keeps barking at the guy and eventually like Najee like looks at him and like points like get out of here go go back to the huddle and then Chooks like like uh, immediately as soon as Najee says that he he listens and I was like there there might need to be more of that from players with George Pickens because I mean you were at training camp a lot too with me Chris I mean let's be honest he you know similar antics uh even on the practice field a lot as we see in games and that's obviously a very different setting emotions aren't as high but even then you know there was the viral catch over joey porter jr what does he do he sticks it in his chest and kind of jaws a little bit in the moment it's kind of like hey whatever but i know there were also some critics saying you better not be doing that in games like coach that out of you right now yeah uh, out, out at saint vincent college and then there were some times where hey he gets called being out of bounds in seven shots he's kind of jawing at the refs like you just at some point, you, you need to try to curtail that, and maybe that's what the Steelers need. If, if Mike Mike Tomlin's not saying it publicly, we don't know exactly how he's handling it behind right. closed doors. Could be very different responses to us versus the players in meeting rooms. But even beyond the coaches, I think that's a self-police kind of deal uh, with teammates, whether it's Najee Harris or or anybody else. And as far as Deontay Johnson getting a taunting penalty, Chooks a core for mixing it up, like, those to me are sort of one-offs. It's not like those guys are consistently. It's not their rep. Right. It's not like those guys are consistently involved in bickering. Whereas Pickens, 
I mean, geez, last year there was the came in late on Tyler Boyd in a game that, you know, was already over. It's not like that was going to change how that went down. But, you know, there was the I think he like kind of stepped over a ref too after recovering an onside kick slips my mind what game that was. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just you you want you hope that's going to stop and maybe eventually it will, because as critical as I've just been of him now in terms of the extracurricular stuff, I've anybody who watches this knows I'm always (laughs) <laughs> just as uh, positive about what he can do as a player, and he continues to get even better in that regard. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like part of you, you want part of the pot. You want the part of that the the dogged attitude in his play and yeah. like be, being aggressive. But just to know, like Najee Najee Harris was saying, be smart about it. Like you know, use use that to make a big play, and then just you know look at the guy and then walk away, and you know, don't do anything that that can hurt your team. I would rather say it. woe than sick him, right? Exactly. But guess what? The Steelers haven't sicked anybody in a long time. When they win <laughs> games, they win by one possession or less. So a big penalty can swing those six seven eight point games very much so i remember so maybe say whoa every once in a while i remember a young juju smith schuster back in 2017 was his rookie year and it was the game when he like knocked out perfect with that big hit and i just remember i was there for that game covering it and i remember he was he made another really big block and it was at one point like he was just like really feeling the moment it was it was an emotional game ryan chazier had just been paralyzed and the steelers were in the middle of a comeback and he's making big blocks and so he's like talking all sorts of trash and then david DeCastro just walks right up to him i just remember i you couldn't tell what he said because he was from the field but he just grips him up pulls him into his face says something and then like throws him and then that was what got Juju Smith-Schuster in check. I don't know if someone needs to do that to George Pickens, but I think you need people like Najee Harris to be able to say, hey, George, get focused. You got a game to win. That might be the answer there. So thank you, Gary, for the question. We got a lot more to talk about here because the Steelers are about to take on a 5-2 and two Jaguars team that's looked pretty solid this year. And personally, Brian, I think that they share a lot of similarities with the Steelers. We'll talk about those similarities here on the other side of this break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. But first, I want to remind you, this show is also sponsored by Savinas Kane and Gallucci, where they are mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation at Savinas Kane and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co, where buying tickets for your favorite event shouldn't be stressful because GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. You can download GameTime as an app right on your phone or go to GameTime.co online on your, on your, on your computer to get, you know, to get tickets for your favorite events. You can even get tickets up to the last minute if you're running behind or even up to an hour after the event has started. And GameTime makes it easy to get tickets. Well, all you need to do when you go on GameTime, when you click on tickets, you'll see the view from your seat so you know that's the view that you're getting. You'll also see the exact price that you're paying all the hidden fees there aren't hidden fees they put everything up front so all you're doing is clicking on the seat that you want clicking on the price that you want and then the tickets are yours simple as that no hidden fees nothing crazy there that's why that's why game time is the best app to buy tickets for any event whether it's sports music comedy or or, or anything uh on right right on your phone and game time has the best price guarantee that can't be beat if you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code pittpit for twenty dollars off your first purchase or go to their website gametime.co terms conditions apply create an account and redeem code pittpit for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed (laughs) 
We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here at Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar out of Pittsburgh. Brian is in the woods by the Steelers facility right now as he gets ready to talk to Matt Canada, which should be a big thing. But let's 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 we're not going to talk too much about Matt. Canada. No train. We're, no train has gone past yet. Knock on wood. You, 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 you jinxed it. It's going to happen in like two seconds. But um, let's let's talk, let's talk about this this matchup here. Brian, am I crazy to think that these two teams are a lot more similar than people realize? Like. They both have young ACC quarterbacks who are figure, find, finding their way in Trevor Lawrence and Kenny Pickett. They both have the only two first-round drafted running backs of the 2021 draft class. They both have two receivers on either side that I think both can be number one receivers, Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley for the Jaguars, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. Both have decent but iffy offensive lines at times with their play, and both have very strong edge edge players uh josh allen i thought you're gonna say two overpaid receivers in christian kirk and deontay johnson but hey 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 hey. don't you say that about christian kirk that guy's my fantasy killer like i I have have him as well i have him as well he's been (laughs) quite productive quite productive so those are call him overpaid he's getting exactly what i need him to get right now but in all i didn't overpay for him so exactly i I got like a six round or something like that he is a steal but point being you look at the receivers and even the edge rushers. Javon Walker, the first overall pick from just from, from just a, just a year ago in the draft, and then also Josh Allen, that got another really high pick in the draft, who who's right behind T.J. Watt. He has seven sacks right now. It's really impressive. Uh, and then of course you got T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. There's so many comparisons between these teams and two veteran coaches and Doug Peterson and Mike Tomlin, who each won a Super Bowl. Is this is this very close to a mirror match in a lot of ways here, or are there other differences that you're that you're looking at here, Brian? No, I I think you make a lot of good points, and you know you can extend that to the offensive lines are decent but suspect at times. Right. Like I don't feel right. great about either one combating the really good ed, uh, edge talent on the opposing defenses here, and you know I think if if the Jaguars can be had anywhere, it's, it's probably the secondary that, you know, they don't have a player of the caliber of Minka Fitzpatrick. Andre Cisco is pretty good, but not many safeties are Minka, even though again, he hasn't done a lot this year in terms of the splash play department. So yeah. And, and, but to me, Chris, like what I think is ultimately going to be the difference in this game and, and why I think the Jaguars are looked at by most as, as the better team right now, the, the battery of QB running back, uh, the, the first round picks, the Clemson mm. guys versus, uh, you know, the Pitt and the Alabama guy. I just think Trevor Lawrence and, and Travis Etienne is a better one two punch than Kenny Pickett and, and Najee Harris. And more significant, I think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than, than Kenny Pickett. And that's not, uh, I don't think I'm going out on one of these limbs behind me here because, you know, but those guys were both first rounders. Yeah. Like you said, they both uh, won ACC championships. In their time in college, I guess Lawrence probably won two or three, right? Because Clemson was on I, quite a I roll there. So, yeah, I, I know I was there in Charlotte in 2018 uh, when they just destroyed Pitt uh, mm-hmm. in that game. And, and ETN took off on the first play from scrimmage for 70-some yards. And that game was pretty much over before it started. Not to bring up any bad memories for Pitt fans watching this. It, it's got to be a tough week for... Why, uh, why, are you just, why are you just bringing that up like that, man? I got to cover that beat for the Post-Gazette. They, 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 they're they miserable as it is, man. Didn't you just <laughs> see the, the, the slide thing that they just went through? Yeah, Come I was going to say it's, it's it's a tough week for Kenny Pickett and Quadri Olison in, in the Steelers locker room because uh, not only do they have Miles Boykin in there who had the game-winning oh, touchdown I catch for Notre Dame, that back in 2018 but later in that season yes in the ACC title game uh they lose to a Clemson team led by two guys they're going to play against this week so they're they've, they've got a lot of just reminders this week of uh of, of some tough losses for them 
but obviously at least for Pickett, things turned out a lot better in his college career. So uh, he's, he's in a better situation now, certainly than he was last time he went head to head against Trevor Lawrence. There's, there's no doubt about that, but I still think there's a reason why one of these guys was considered sort of a, I hate this word, but a generational talent uh, at his position coming out of high school. Lawrence was number one, all everything, Mr. Six, five with the long flowing hair and, uh, nothing changed after, yeah, nothing changed after three years at, in college, and he was the number one pick by the Jags. That the gap between him and uh, and the number two pick that year continues to get bigger. Needless to say, with Zach Wilson and and what he's doing with oh, the Jets. Boy. So um, yeah, so I just think that that to me is is ultimately going to uh, to be the difference, and we'll see what happens. I uh, certainly, like you said, Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt. Never want to count them out, but you know the Steelers always kind of have that edge uh, against offensive lines, and yet they uh, they aren't six and zero last time I checked. So that's not always the ultimate X factor in these matchups. All right. All that being said, what's what is the, what is the biggest thing the Steelers have to do to win the game? And give us your prediction. What's the final score pick here for the for the Steelers Jaguars game? I think you got to try to take the ball away from the Jaguars, much like you did to steal that game against the Ravens at home, because I you know. Mm. I've, we, we talked about having Christian Kirk on our fantasy team. So I've watched a decent amount of Jacksonville and they they move the ball really well. And I think for, for this Steelers secondary right now, everything they're going through, um, you know, it's going to be difficult to match up with Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones. If he's healthy, he's an underrated number three receiver in the NFL, I think. And on top of that, you've got a tight end. That's, that's a Pat Fryermuth type of player in Evan Ingram, who's mm-hmm. much more, of a field stretcher and receiving threat than he is an inline blocker. So on top of all that, you get a, a Travis Etienne, a running back who unlike Najee Harris in my mind can actually, you know, hit a home run for you, elevate your entire offense and and be a game changer, not just a difference maker. So you've got to try to, to steal some from them, whether it's picks, whether it's punch outs, Steelers have been really good at punching the ball out, give credit to guys like Larry Ogan, Joby, Montrevious Adams and, and Cole Holcomb in that regard. And obviously, you know, we know the script, we know the recipe and the formula for these Steelers and, and why they tend to win games, even when they're maybe not the better team, when they get outplayed, outgained, the stats aren't in their favor. They take care of the ball. They don't turn it over much like the Rams game, much like the Ravens game, they can still win. So that, you know, it's, it's football one Oh one to say win the turnover battle, but that's really like the only way to make sense of the Steelers over the last couple of years. I feel you on that. Give us your prediction. Who wins? How? What's the big moment that turns the game in their favor? And what's the final score? Yeah, I'm going to go Jaguars 23, Steelers 20. And, I mean, I can't get the the images of Puka Nakua from last week out of my brain. I, I think a big Trevor Lawrence hookup to one of his eligibles will will be the difference in this one. I don't know <laughs> if uh, if he's going to beat Levi Wallace or Patrick Peterson or you know get single coverage on somebody who shouldn't be in single coverage on one of these wideouts. But, uh, you know, Doug Peterson certainly knows what he's doing when it comes to offensive football and uh, has had some success against Mike Tomlin in the past as well in coaching matchups. So I think it's another close one. What else is new uh, with the Steelers? But I guess I'm an idiot for picking against them in a one possession game because it always seems to fall their way. Maybe I should be picking the Jags to win by – 10 or more if I think they're going to win it all. But uh, I'll say there's a little bit of a regression to the mean, a little less randomness here, and they win by a field goal. 
We both picked against the Steelers last week. I'm not making that mistake this week. I got the Steelers winning 26-19 in an odd score, but I think it's going to it, the Steelers are going to find a way to win this. One thing I look at with the Jaguars, and I, I like a lot of the things that they're doing, but you look at their they're, they're five and two, and everyone's looking at that and saying, "Man, they're really good." They've already swept the Colts in that five and two. They played a Bills team that you know when they beat them, I was like, "Man, that must be for real." But the Bills have not looked for real, and are, I think are very suspect right now. They beat a Saints team last week that dropped an easy touchdown that could have changed the entire course of, of that game, and they beat a Falcons team when they were uh, on the uh, the Toy Story game in London, uh, and they were in London for back to back weeks. So. I, you know, I think this 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 team is good. I think the Jaguars is a good are a good team, but I I think that they're trying to find themselves as just as much as the Steelers are right now. And I think the Steelers, with, when, I, when I look at team, the games like this, I look at which defensive front can be more disruptive than the other. And I think that the Steelers' defensive front, T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, will end up being more di- more disruptive than the Jaguars' front. It'll be close. It'll be down to the wire at Acrisure Stadium, but. I just I, I see the Steelers coming out on top. We'll see who does come out on top at the, with, at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Remember, go to post-gazette.com to get all of our coverage leading up to this game and during and after this game. Brian, J- Jerry, uh, and uh, Ray will all be there along with all of our columnists and everything. I won't be. I'm, I'll be at a wedding out of town. I'll be back in, in town by Tuesday, so uh, we'll, we'll have that then there. Uh, and talking things, but stay tuned on the North Shore Drive podcast. We also have a special uh, expert show from the Acrisure Fan Advantage where we get it inside insight on the Jaguars more into what they're doing this week to prepare for the Steelers. Thanks again to Brian for joining us. Thanks you all for joining us for North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Brian Batko. We'll see you here on Saturday talking with our opponent expert. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.